Listen to this. Zakawani, the flying winger. It's Brad Evans. It's Steve. It's Steve. Who is it? It's Brad Evans. <laughs> Happy days are here again. Turning with a drive. It's Steve Zakawani. Evans with the left foot. He's an attacking threat, Brad Evans. This is so weird. The party has started. All right, everybody, welcome back to this week's episode of Side by Side. Today, it's me and Keely on the hot mics. Keely, how are you? I'm good. Good, man. And we have some good news. Great we're talking, news. We're talking Sounders victory. Uh, and let's, two, two away games in a row. But first, let's talk about Minnesota and what that game kind of brought. From my eyes, it was a game, you know, the Sounders go up one nothing. Fantastic goal from Yamar. Uh, delivery, finally, from Nico. And, and Yamar finds himself, I, I think maybe it was a shoulder. Yes, Upon it was. further review, but we were watching from Elysian Brewing, a, a great crowd there, um, and, and watching, you know, the game. And, and it felt like the Sounders were going were gonna to pull that one out, and then all of a sudden Minnesota just turned it on. And it, it's one of those where, as a, as a player, you're sitting back and you're like, oh boy, we're under the gun here. Yeah. And those games are not fun at all. If you're not going to dictate um, the pace of the game and just try and keep possession and, and stop going forward every single time you have the ball, then you're going to be under the gun against what is a, you know, a, a decent Minnesota side. Last night, actually, they got a victory where they, they crushed it at home and Reynoso turned it on. So it is a good team for the Sounders to at least pick up a road point was great, but I don't think that we were feeling too confident after that game. It's just disappointing because like we talked about, and I know we don't believe in jinxes, but we do so well against Minnesota. It just felt like, oh, I just want to go in and get like a 3-0 type of, which is wishful thinking, I know, high expectations, everything. But it, Minnesota in the past couple of years has just been the team where we set the ship right. And it was sort of 1A. We'll talk about the second game, 1B, which actually feels like it could be setting the ship in the right direction. Yeah, and I think you brought up a good point before we started. You want, to, you want to talk about your point of where the Sounders have sat the entire season? Oh, yeah. The Sounders haven't dropped past, like, fourth place all year. Right. So we're talking doom and gloom, and we've some, you know, criticism that's very fair. But at the same time, guys, we haven't dropped past fourth place. Yeah. Is there any other franchise in sports that has a bar set higher than the Sounders do? And I think it comes internally. Uh, I think it comes from the coaching staff, and it's historical. Right, it goes all the way back to 1974 and this yep. rich tradition of this team winning, um, having some fantastic runs in the USL days, obviously with you know Schmetz's first coaching stint with the team and, and winning championships, and then bringing those guys on board who had that championship quality ingrained in them, and that's what other uh, expansion franchises didn't do in my eyes, and, and still don't do to this day, um, and that leads us to. Where and and where does that come from? Really, I think is is a question that we have to ask ourselves. And is is it because from 2009 it's been a winning organization and we haven't felt failure until last year, really, right? And and we didn't make the playoffs. And so did that light a fire early in the season for this team? Yes. And then you have, yeah, every team throughout a season is going to have some lulls, save for one, and that's a team that wins the supporter shield in my eyes, because every other team at some point has dropped points. So we're hoping now that that, that road game, right? we had two, two road games in a row, at Minnesota, pick up a point, okay, dust it off. Were we feeling that confident going into Austin? 
I was feeling interesting because we knew talking to coach that they were going to do a rotated lineup versus Austin. However, there was the year where we went into Austin with all the kids yeah. and we pulled out that win. So history repeated itself, which yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll that, break that it down. Play. And yeah, so I watched the game last night. First, I was at um, I was coaching last night. So on the bus ride from practice back to the school, I got it on my phone and then I went and grabbed a little dinner. But I had my own co-ed game last night. So I still have it on the ground as I'm warming up and watching. And it was one nothing when I walked away, and I thought the Sounders Sounders played well. Uh, that first half was was back and forth. And listening to I think Moa Du brought up a good point is, you know, Keith asked him, okay, well, how's it look for either side in this game? And Mo, Mo I think was fair and said both teams are playing well. Yeah, like, this is a good game to watch. It's a fun game to watch. I think it was pretty open on both ends, which was a little bit surprising to me for the Sounders to to go in there and want to press and, and move forward and is, is that a case of Jordan being up top I think my eyes really open that that is his position and you can tell that that's where he wants to play and there's something to be said about a physical body up top right now that's willing to kind of bash and put center backs under pressure and I thought that we played well for, for the better part of that first half and I'll tell you save the game was, was Steph oh yeah I mean Steph last night he was, was man in the match last night unbelievable and I talked about it in our pregame is Steph is that friend who is so trustworthy and you always have a friend that that messes up, you know, throughout the way they say something stupid in, in a text thread or they do something dumb on a night out. But then except nine, me, I'm perfect. Six out of the seven days and 23 out of that seventh day, 24 hours, they're the best. And that's Steph for us. And last night he showed it. And it, if it wasn't for Steph, we don't win that game. And it just really highlights how important he is for this squad. And I'll tell you what, that was you know one of the best performances I've seen from him in, in, in a really long time. And is he cementing himself as one of the best to do it in, in Major League Soccer? I think, I think the case is probably there. Right? The longevity of the career, for sure. The titles, goals. the trophies. Yeah, the titles, trophies, the leadership, the consistency, the amount of games yes. played. Right. And and last night really just highlighted that. So I'm, I'm so stoked for Steph in that regard. And then the commitment until the end. 92nd minute, it's all of a sudden you see Nuhu high on the left flank. And instead of whipping in across, he does the right thing and, and feels Nico behind him. And it's a fantastic ball. Obed's fighting. And then all of a sudden, Albert smashes it. And his technique is on that goal is so good. If, if you're out there and you're listening and you play, that is a goal that is, it's just top class because the ability to be leaning back, but also having that like hip mobility, body awareness to hit that ball into the ground through traffic is what made that goal. And you can teach it, but it takes a long time to teach that ball. I mean, I'm coaching all the time. And if, if I go out there with my high school players, very few players can hit that ball in that traffic. 91st minute to still have the energy to do that is um, it was it was just a fantastic performance and you saw how much it meant to him and you saw how much it meant to the group to get that goal and, and really ultimately win the game with only a couple minutes left and is that the result that can spur you on I mean you've been in and seen others other sports is that the catalyst to take this team to the next level through through these playoffs and especially into this next game? I'll say something that I noticed on the broadcast last night. Going into the second half, watching the huddle speech, you could just tell that that was a team that wants to win this game. It just it brought it made me feel confident watching them in that huddle because it just you saw how much they wanted that game. 
and the fact that they wanted it so bad. Middle, like midweek game on the road, one of those, like, you know, you could so easily just be like, ah, oh, one point, great, whatever, cool. But they wanted that win, and you could just see how much they wanted that win. Yes. So, yeah. It was massive. And I'll, I'll, I want to touch on your point because in that Atlanta game a couple weeks ago, obviously Sounders were the home team. And I talked to Craig, and, Atlanta, and I was in the booth for halftime, but then I bolted out to get Danny and, and, and those guys set, or whoever called the game that day, I can't forget. I, I can't remember, but whoever's calling that game, I think it was Danny and Pete. And Craig said after the game that Atlanta was already on the field. They were the first team out at halftime. They were jogging out. They all got together, huddled up, and the Sounders were walking out onto the field. It was almost as if they were defeated already mm-hmm. at home, right? And now we're saying, you saw, this half, they're, they're jogging out at halftime. They get together. There's something to be said about that mindset, right? 100%. It's just mindset, right? And if you can do the little things right that are the intangibles that you that you have, I, I think it sets everyone on the right course. And whether that's showing up to training on time, getting out to training on time, doing the little things right in warm-ups, and then that's a little thing that can be a catalyst. And, and maybe that was it. Maybe it was someone said something that just clicked with the whole group. And yeah, it set the guys off on the right course. And I want to talk about Steph's save. Yes. Oh my goodness. But I did see a replay on Twitter and that's a goal. Really? The ball went all the The way. Really? It's a perfect view from the goal line that you can see the ball go into the back of the net 100%. So my question is, and, and I actually read, it was on Reddit and they were talking about that goal line technology and how much it costs. And it's some astronomical number. And someone broke it down. I guess the Bundesliga did a study like 10 years ago about implementing goal line technology and how many games it influenced throughout the year. And it was four times in a year that there was an incident where goal line technology was needed. And it didn't even sway the results of a season for any of those teams. It turned right. It only it only matters if it turns a tie into a win or a win into a tie. And you might see only a couple cases throughout the year, but is there a case? I feel like every other sport has goal line technology, right? Football, it makes a huge difference. Um, maybe hockey. Hockey does hockey have a hockey does hockey NBA, does? MLB, all of them do their review stuff. All right. of them now. And so the question is: Is it is it really that hard to get a camera that's on the goal line? No, well, you would know better than I. No, we used to put a GoPro there. Right. And it's I, very easy. And I'm just wondering, is is there a case in place for that goal line technology? Austin will say yes, we'll say no, but we'll have to, you know, that, it's just kind of what it is. And then there was another one last night that was so close. Um, I forget which game it was, but there was another one that was a goal line save, oh God, but it actually counted as a goal. It was in the Vancouver game. Oh, and, snap. And Brian White scored, and to me it looked like that one didn't fully cross the line, but also to me it looked like in the initial replay that Steph's save that it didn't cross the line completely. But, yeah, if you go on Twitter and watch, it definitely crossed the line. But I, it must be a money thing that we don't have goal line technology or a sensor in the ball at least. I think it might just be a resistance to change thing because it's. I don't know if it could be that expensive and it's not super difficult to utilize. I will say, though, in the Premier League, the way that they use their technology, it's so frustrating and they clearly have it and they just use it in the most frustrating way. And yeah. I think everyone can agree with that. Good point about this Austin game. Things that you just brought up. The goal should have been a goal for Austin. That wasn't a goal. 
and was Jordan Morris offside? Jordan Morris well offside. He was well offside, right? And I can't. And Mo was saying that from his view when he's watching the replay on TV that the wall kept him onside. But I, I watched it. I paused it a thousand times, and I'm looking at the blades of grass. And there is no way that he's onside in that situation. The only thing that was close was the the outside back on the far side that may have been close. But even even looking then, to me, and I guess I, how are there not that many cameras that if we're, if we're going to use VAR, I guess these just have to be egregious. And it has to be proven beyond doubt with the camera views that you're given, right? And so cre- credit to Jordan, makes a good run. He's on the shoulder and, and gets a poke. But another good service from, from Nico Ladero. Oh, yeah. Um, great service. He so, had a great game yeah, overall. He had a great game great overall. Week. So a good week for Nico, and that gives us confidence moving in. So as we look at the standings, where we lie now. I have one more thing about the Austin game. Going back to those two uh, weirdness points, isn't it kind of satisfying to have weird stuff go our way instead of the other team's way? Yeah. I mean, And in your head as a player, does that like give you something like the soccer gods on, are on our side finally? Yeah, I hope so. I mean, things tend to even themselves out. Right. And that's what Zig always used to say is that you're going to get some of those calls and you're going to give some of those calls. So as long as you're playing well and, and, and you just kind of keep the ball moving forward, that they're going to end up hopefully giving you the benefit of the doubt. Sure, right? sure. And the Sounders have been good enough that historically we've always been on, on the right side of those results. So uh, a game in hand on St. Louis, but seven points behind. They're probably not catchable at this point. They're playing well. That, that home field advantage for them is – is lights out. Even on a Wednesday night, that place was crowded and packed last night, and, and they're playing so well. Uh, LAFC has two games in hand, same amount of points. They're probably going to run away with that second-place spot and maybe make a push for first place, but the Sounders sit in third place. Um, 27 games, 40 points with a plus five. Houston is another team that are just playing well. Yeah. I, when I've watched Corey Baird in the past, I, I cannot figure out – this guy just continues to score. And his work rate is undeniable, and he's found a place in Houston that he calls home. And, I mean, his goal last night was fantastic. So they're on 38 points with a game in hand on the Sounders. But it only matters if these teams win, and I, I don't think they're going to win all their games out. So the Sounders have a massive game coming up this weekend against Portland Timbers. Tickets are still on sale, right? And yes, tickets up, are still on sale. We've, we've opened, opened up, up a massive amount. So we got to pack the stadium for that one. Bring your friends, family, because I, I hope that this could be – a seven-point week. I mean, that would be a dream. And if that's the case, your Sounders are off and running into the playoffs for sure at that point because I, I just don't see – I mean, Portland sits on 29 points. They're in 12th place, third from bottom. If you're looking at the standings, yes, yesterday was a game that the Sounders should have won against Austin, who's uh, below, the, below the line right now, even for the qualification spot. So getting results against the teams that you should is, is key as we move forward. Um, and then we only have, I think, two home games after that game, right? Yep, LA Galaxy and Vancouver, and then Decision Day at St. Louis, which we will be at St. Louis yeah, for that, we'll one. that one. And then we go to Nashville as well. So some difficult fixtures coming up for the Sounders, but previewing this one against Portland. Dude, it's tough, man, because it's, it's a rivalry tough. game. Like, how do you even break it down? It, it, it's a rivalry game, and I think you throw, and, and we've talked about this before, is you throw everything out the window in rivalry games. Yes, are they sitting third from bottom? But in these games, it just doesn't matter. Well, and the fact that they just fired their coach, too. I mean, it's just like, it's almost the worst that Portland's doing the more they show up against us. Yeah. I almost want them to be playing better 
when they're coming in because they'll be more complacent as opposed to, well, our season's a wash. Let's at least beat the Sounders now. Yeah, and I, I think that's a great point because they're, they're playing for pride at this point, I, I, I think. I mean, 29 points, they're going to need something miraculous to even sneak into the playoffs because Dallas is a good team. San Jose is still getting results. Minnesota's there. And Austin and Sporting Kansas City are above them. Sporting Kansas City, Sporting Kansas City's healthy. They're going to need something special to close out the season and even make that qualification uh, playoff spot. So even then, if I'm in the locker room, it doesn't matter. Yeah, 100%. You, you just cannot look at the standings. Um, and it's such a surprise to see the Galaxy second from bottom because sometimes I watch them and they play. Last night they played I know. fantastic. I know. I thought they played well against us when we beat them there. Like yeah. it was sort of one of those results that went our way, but I feel like they outplayed us they just that day. They just can't put it together. But Portland Timbers, three out of the last four have been losses. So taking advantage of a team that's, that's reeling. Coach has been fired, but we all know I'm glad they fired him. A couple weeks ago. A couple ago. weeks ago and not last night because I would hate to face a Portland team that's just gotten rid of their coach that's playing in Seattle. Um, but lineup changes, do you see anything that changed from, from Austin getting getting a result? Who who's comes in? Who comes out? I mean, I think it's going to be interesting. We talked about this on the post-match radio last night. Raul didn't play a single minute against Austin, which is very interesting. So how motivated is he going to be? And do you even – but after you watch Jordan play up top, do you take him from that spot? You know, like, I mean, I'd love to hear what your thoughts are there. I honestly, at this point, I think you start Jordan up top. I, th I think you kind of have to. If he's the one, you know, that's bagging a goal and creating space for others, I, I think there's no choice but to leave but to leave him up top. And you tell Jordan, hey, we know that you played midweek. We know that you put in a shift, um, you know, against Minnesota as well. Give us 60, 65 minutes. If you bag one, great. If you don't, then Raul comes on for 30, 35 minutes. The problem is, if you're Raul, you see the writing on the wall at that point. And how motivated is a player like that? So Schmetz is going to have to gamble here. And uh, whichever way it goes, you better hope it pays off. Because if Raul starts another game and Jordan doesn't look too motivated, it's Portland, you better be motivated. Uh, but if Jordan's not looking like himself, um, you kind of have that inner squad kind of battle going on there. Yep. And that's now up to the manager to manage players, right? And it, honestly, it's, it's a gamble whichever way you go. Because if you start Raul, he doesn't score. I think that might be the writing on the wall for Raul, right? Biggest game maybe of the year right now coming up. And if you're not going to be buzzing and creating chances, and a player like that sometimes has to do it on their own. And if that's not the case, then the next games, I think Jordan starts up top from, from here on out. Um, and that's just the way that soccer goes, right? Yep. If you're a goal scorer, you, you have to be scoring goals, especially if the Sounders want to stay in that third-place spot moving forward. Um, thoughts? I mean, I was talking on the – like I said, like on the radio last night, like was this like a chestnut checkers move by the head coach to purposely not play Raul so he'd be extra motivated against Portland? Well, extra motivated or, or extra fit and feeling Sure, healthy, exactly. Right? Exactly. You can frame it however you want, but – your strikers got to score goals. I mean, we're lucky for, for Rusnak to, you know, bag a goal there and, and come on as a sub. But I, I think Atencio did well away from home. I think that was smart. Um, and in this game, Portland's so dynamic when they get forward. I don't, I don't, and they play so 
unorthodox. Maybe maybe a new coach, coaching change would yeah. make them a bit more organized. But in the past three, four, five years, they've been a team that just breaks out and goes. Chaos. And so they just who's going to be chaos. that guy that sits with JP that's going to be able to shut that down? And maybe it's the height of and, and physicality of Atencio heading into this game. Can he play two games back-to-back? You know, he played 90 minutes. I think maybe Obed slips back in there because – in that uh, Minnesota game, I thought that he played well. He showed like he's got that bite back in that game. Um, Leo Chu, and then I think Albert goes out on the right, and you, you bring on Yamar, and you put um, Alex back at right back. I'm not sure about yellow card sus- suspensions because Reagan picked up one, knew who did as well. That was um, such a dumb yellow card. He didn't even touch the guy. Didn't even yeah, touch him. It's just... When a player beats you, though, and you have to even make a little yeah. possibly contact, it looks like you're obstructing play. Oh, totally. So it's it totally. a yellow card. Um, so 45 minutes played for Rusnak. He comes on for sure. Uh, and then we kind of, you know, at the end of the day, you got to throw everything against the wall against Portland. It's going to be a, an exciting match. I'm stoked to – I'll be on the broadcast for that one. Yes, he will be in match with Danny Jackson. In so. match with Danny. So that will be fun. And then tomorrow we have our massive media match, right? Historically, we have everyone come out that we can. And I, this is the biggest roster I've ever seen for these. And so 60 I, people. Yeah, so 30 players per team. It's all media outlet throughout the city. Um, a lot of the sports guys are doing high school football, which apparently takes precedent over a media soccer match, which I'm disappointed with Chris Egan. I'm going to have to get in. But funny story about Chris Egan. A couple of years ago, he was in warm-ups, <laughs> and he just took a shot from 18-yard box. And he turns around and was like, I just ripped my hamstring. And I was like, okay, well, you probably just pulled it. You know, you'll, you'll be okay with me. He strained it. And he was like, no, 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 I can't play in this game. He sent me a picture a couple days later. Maybe I saw him at a game. And his hamstring was the biggest black and blue I have <gasps> ever seen. I mean, he ripped no. his hamstring. Yeah, so I think Chris needs to just stick to pickleball because he's an unreal pickleball player. Fun fact. I love pickleball, the by second the way. pickleball court ever in Washington. No. Yeah. So he is a pickleball master. Oh my yeah. goodness. So he was only only second uh, to the family that invented pickleball. That's insane. Which is pretty cool. So he's what a awesome. fact. Um, massive announcement last week was for Rave Foundation. Uh, we opened up another Rave pitch with uh, Lamar Nagel uh, in his hometown, Federal Way, partnered with Black Players for Change. And uh, U.S. Soccer Foundation, Delta was there. We had a, a number of families that committed um, a ton of money. And, and so everyone was in the house. It was a massive opening and uh, brand new elementary school and, and the opening of that elementary school, which when I drove up, I was like, this is unreal. Yeah. It's an unbelievable mini pitch. And so super stoked for, for Lamar and Black Players for Change. Um, Rave was a, you know, a small part of this one. And Lamar really got that one moving. So, so really cool to see. We got a number of announcements coming up for Ray Foundation. Um, but until then, we've got this massive match on Saturday. I just, we have such an opportunity here to get, like I said, or like we talked about, a seven point week, which is incredible. And we need to beat Portland. We can, we're, we're not out of the Cascadia Cup standings yet, by the way. That so cup is still Cascadia cup. massive, massive, massive. Can push us on. And then we go September 16th at Dallas, another, and then four days later at Colorado, and then at Nashville, right? And road, two, road, two road. Games. So we got three road games in a row after this one. So vital for the Sounders to pick up three points, get us off in the right direction against a couple teams that are going to be absolutely scrappy. At, at this point in the season, it's playoff soccer. 
So I expect Sounders to throw everything at the wall. Um, broadcast info? Yes, broadcast info. We are on Apple TV, MLS Season Pass. Very exciting there. We're on 950 KJR AM, 950 for English Radio. Danny Jackson, Brad Evans um, on the call for that one. And then 1360 L-Ray, Spanish Radio. And I will be doing 50-50 raffle. Yeah, Brad has a very busy day on Saturday. So before the game, come find me. I think I'm on club level, but I'll be holding a big sign. 50-50 raffle. You enter the raffle. Let's say it gets to 10000 bucks by the end of the game. One winner will win half of that amount, and the other half goes to the Raid Foundation. So if you see a 50-50 raffle, get your donations in, and you got the opportunity to win some serious coin while supporting the Raid Foundation. And I think it's a Stephen Fry match for the Raid Foundation. So if you, if you get a text and you're available, and there should be a booth set up with all the Stephen Fry swag. Let's celebrate this guy and his accomplishments and raise some money for the Ray Foundation and, and get a really cool item in the meantime. Yep, 342 appearances across all competitions for the Sounders now, which is a record, which is insane. Yeah, it's insane. Insane. So, until then, a uh, couple days, get your minds right. We'll see you at the stadium. That was side-by-side, side, a quick one, and we'll be back next week.